Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, which, by the way, we like to let everybody know is much more than a daily report. Uh, it's really a knowledge platform um, from which we communicate thought leadership on various strategic topics, yes, through our daily reports, but also these podcasts. And we uh, do webinars and uh, hopefully in the future, some live events. And we now have a new parent, ASG, which is Asset Strategies Group out of Columbus, Ohio. And with their support and uh, with the synergies that are gonna be created with them, uh, the Robin Report is gonna be expanding its content, its reach, and um, hopefully, uh, the the increased content will be um, in the areas in which you people will be very interested. So look forward to that. Anyway, along with our um, chief strategist, Shelley Cohan, who's also, by the way, a, prof a professor at the Fashion Institute of Technology, we welcome all of you to our conversation on the topic of the sleeping dog has awakened. <laughs> I like that title. Of I like that. That's a good one, Robin. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, back to school uh, is a sleeper, but also a very important uh, preview uh, to, what is, to what is to come for the holiday period. And more important, why shifts in consumer behavior are changing the landscape drastically. Um, to the point where that long tail theory um, is no more. Now, some of you might not remember the long tail theory, but uh, it's important to um, to point out here. And I'll kind of describe it as we get a little further. And we have a very exciting guest with us today to talk about what is happening with in-store shopping and shifts in consumer behavior. Brian Field is a global leader of retail consulting and analytics at Sensormatic Solutions. Uh, just released its survey for the back to school period. And Brian is gonna share uh, some of the important insights about traffic trends in stores. So Brian, we wanna welcome you um, to the podcast. And thank you so much for taking time to do that, do this with us. And we're looking forward to um, your knowledge. Well, it's really nice to be here, Ron. We will start with back to school and some shifts in consumer behavior that are impacting uh, the approach of uh, retailers across the board. And by the way, back to school includes college and K through 12, uh, with college representing two-thirds of the total back-to-school market. And that's a number I didn't realize, kind of surprising. And while back-to-school projections are a bit sleepy, if you want to call it that, actually low increases over last year, that are not quite at the same pace as inflation. Uh, there are some important shifts in consumer behavior that should be noted as we move into the second half of uh, this year. So. Shelley, why don't you start out, uh, give us a, a rundown on the business as a whole. Sure. 
So last year, the spend for back to school or off to college uh, was about $111 billion, and 74 billion of that was in the college category. And even last year, college spending was up 4%, but K through 12 was down slightly. And this year, projections are really flat to challenging. That's all about all I can say about that. Uh, like you said, Robin, it's a bit of a sleeper in terms of you know back to school revenue. However, the consumer behavioral shifts are key for retailers to understand in the lead up to holiday. And it really started this week with Prime Day. Um, last week, retailers, both online and brick and mortar, started really heavily promoting back to school. So retailers, I think, were more prepared for Amazon Prime Day this year and the counteroffensive. But let's jump into the data and let's look at some of these shifts in behavior. And so first, I'd love to ask Brian, tell us about the move back to stores, and I mean physical retail stores, and yep. tell us what should retailers be thinking about? Sure. So I, I guess a couple of things. It, it, it's, it's been really interesting to me as, as we've been following in-store uh, uh, shopper traffic data um, and doing these surveys uh, that we do with um, with shoppers every year uh, to see the migration back to the stores uh, from the uh, the dark days of the pandemic. Uh, what we're seeing these days is 79% of respondents are, are planning to conduct their back-to-school shopping in-store, and that's actually an increase from 76% last year and in 2021. Um, and in terms of just kind of takeaways for back to school, we're seeing that in-store displays are now crucial. Um, they are catching the consumer's eye. About 65% um, had noted that in-store displays is really their number one channel that they're using for discovery when, when shopping for products uh, during the season. And that's really a, a notable increase uh, from 2022 when it was only 55%. Uh, and then the last thing I'm going to throw out there is about um, that consumers are still planning on, on using e-commerce sites. It was about 45% and social media influencers, 41% in order to discover products this season. Yeah. And also, uh, Brian, I guess we should keep in mind that social media and e-commerce have actually become the front door, right, for physical retail. The sure. the, the um, yeah the technical the technology aspect of shopping has actually created more of kind of a blurred line between physical and digital shopping. Retailers are using um, text to shop digital offers. Uh, QR codes are you know in, on everything now. Scan and go and uh, cashierless uh, checkouts. All of this um, blended experience is powered by technology, and and both legacy retailers and digital natives really have upped the uh, digital game in stores in many ways. Right? Yeah, and 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 I really like Robin how you've been kind of terming it as a blended experience. Um, I think for shoppers, uh, they don't think in terms of the technology; they think in terms of Number one, it's an experience, and, and that's what's important to them. What is the experience that they're looking for? Um, and number two, that the physical retail store 
isn't specific anymore to walking into a store. They think of the, the you know, they, they used to say in the, in the olden days um, uh, of, of e-com and, and uh, trying to uh, monitor um, uh, retail shoppers that they'd, they'd call it um, a retailer single view of the customer. I think it's actually mm-hmm. become the reverse. I think that for the shopper, all of these different channels, all of these different experiences are now their single view of the retailer. And the retailer, mm-hmm. the challenge for them is making sure that they get it right. And, and this kind of uh, brings us to uh, talking about like buy online, pick up in store. Right. Uh, contrary to what's been written about that um, and also about curbside pickup, uh, we see that there are more shoppers that are either going to stores to complete that shopping um, or to have items shipped. Mm-hmm. And in our back to school survey, we found that about one third of those surveys said that they use BOPUS, uh, buy online, pick up in store. And, and uh, another 19% said that they use curbside. Um, and these processes really started getting traction during the pandemic, but they're now demanded by the, sh- by the shoppers as like uh, store table stakes. You know, so retailers uh, that want to want to get it right absolutely need to have the right technologies. And if providing curbside or buy online, pick up in store, uh, they have to have the infrastructure, right, to make sure that it, it runs smoothly. And I believe <laughs> most of the industry, in my view, is still in the embryonic stage in terms of uh, technologies? I I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, let me throw a number out there at you that is actually pretty sobering around that. We were just talking about BOPUS. And just as interesting, 61% of those using BOPUS indicated that they made an additional unrelated purchase when picking up their goods. Wow. yeah, they've they've got their their they got their shopping list. They got it online. They got it all set up for pickup in the store. You think they want to go grab it and go? Well, no. Now that they're there, they want to yeah. look around a little bit, and that makes these services like Bopus even more valuable for retailers. I was going to say, I think Tom Petty had it right. The waiting <laughs> is the hardest part. There, there's a, a, a love that song. <laughs> too. Yeah. Uh, the, the biggest <laughs> contributors to a poor BOPUS experience include waiting in the pickup line. 37% said that. Um, stores not having an item ready for pickup when they arrive, that's 25% said that. And the poor customer service when they did pick it up is 22%. So these could be big deal breakers for shoppers. Yeah, it's so interesting, Brian. Uh, first of all, I'll have to tell you after the podcast, after the recording about my uh, missed opportunity to see Tom Petty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I also think that, you know, when you, I, I mean, this kind of glitch and poor BOPUS experience, it's a big deal. And, you know, like Robin said, you know, retailers really have to make sure they're getting that part right. Cause that can really uh, turn a customer off for sure. The other thing I would love to kind of ask you about, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, but um, where when you look at in, increases in in-store shopping, are you able to kind of tell us, is it discount stores? Is it specialty stores? Is it, is it off price? Like, what are you seeing? Well, here's how I'd answer it. What we're seeing is that there's really consistency in the year-over trends of center-type mixes, regardless of the footprint. Except for one thing, there's a very slight shift to value or outlet 
centers. And when mm. I say very slight, I'm talking like 1%. Um, yeah. and that's over the same period from last year. But I think this underscores what we're hearing in the uh, consumer survey questions. Um, and one of them had asked about um, uh, where you shop in person most frequently. And outlets this year came out 13%, which is in a big improvement over the 8% back in 2022. Yeah. And, and, and just so you know, the freestanding stores or the strip center stores, they came in first at about 45% for both years. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I know that we've also heard that the customers really been super price sensitive. So those, you know, stronger visits to the value chains makes a lot of sense. Um, we also know that, interestingly enough, there's a large portion of spend that comes from apparel for back to school, right? Yep. Um, I have a little bit of data on that. Um, while, while shopping this season, what our consumers are saying is that they're going to be spending mostly <clears throat> on clothing and apparel at 70% um, <laughs> and shoes 58% and school supplies 53%. And again, we talked about consistency in the in-store traffic. These are consistent numbers over the last three years. Yeah, well, <laughs> Macy's and a few others out there will be very happy to hear about the apparel spend. Oh, you bet. And, uh, yeah. So um, Amazon Prime Day, um, you know, really kicked off back to school as, as soon as it announced the dates. Uh, the other retailers um, jumped in. At least that's what uh, we like to think, I think. Like a, you know, a frenzy to counter Prime Day with uh, their own sales and promotions. So in the week leading up to Prime Day, the big guys, you know, for back to school, like Walmart, Target, Best Buy, so forth, all sent out a big flurry of promotions. So, you know, the new mantra we have been living with for the last 20 years, as Amazon goes, uh, the rest of retail follows. Even as I now say Amazon has to learn physical retail which they have not, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> um, so anyway, back to school. Um, Shelly, NRF stated that 25% of respondents in its back to school survey um, started shopping in July. And eMarketer noted that over 61% plan to begin their shopping before the start of August. So what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, definitely the shopping seems to be earlier and earlier. Um, eMarketer showed nearly 70% of back to school shoppers are looking for opportunities to save via sales, coupons, deals. So I think this is a big shift. And this is going to, I'm telling you, it's going right into holiday. That's 10% higher, 10 percentage points higher than last year. So the consumer is definitely being more price sensitive. Brian, are you seeing the same thing in your data? Yeah, interestingly, despite the recession talks, consumers are less worried about how the current U.S. economy <clears throat> will impact their back-to-school shopping budget um, than they were last year. 51% uh, said that their budget will not be impacted um, or that they plan to actually spend more this year. Um, and it's notable compared to uh, last year, um, which was uh, 43% in 2022. 19% plan to spend more this year. Um, and uh, that's uh, an uptick from 15% in 2022. 
Um, but the, the consumer, um, they're less concerned about spending year over year. The price does remain an important factor when shopping in store. And, and where we get that from is price. 91% of nodal is a, is a notable increase from 83% in 82 in 2022 and 81% in 2021. Let me say that again. It's a 91% uh, this year. Price is most important. Uh, 83% last year and the prior year was 81%. And, and Shelley, yeah, let me ask you a question. So you had mentioned, Brian, that there's only only been a 1% increase of shoppers um, shopping down or going to discount stores. And yet that would seem um, paradoxical to this point of, you know, price being a big, you know, important uh, barrier. Well, it, would, it, it it means a couple of things to me. Um, thing number one is, is a slight increase, as you said, I know that's not much. You go, wow, it's 91%. That doesn't make sense. But what it means is that for the retailers that they're going to, they're shopping bargains. And the other okay, thing okay. it means to me is units per transaction. Um, it, it is, is the question, the question here for me is, are they going to be not spending as much on expensive individual items and instead shifting to <clears throat> quantity instead of more expensive. I got it. Okay. Okay. And I think the other thing, Brian, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, shoppers are making less visits to stores, but while they're at the stores, they're buying more things, right? It's, it's, it's a very minor uh, downturn. Um, it's uh, we're talking flat to maybe a couple percentage points down, which is actually pretty similar to what we saw last year at this time. Um, and when you consider how much competition they have from online, that actually does not seem like a problem. That that, that, that seems like it's business as usual for the brick and mortar guys. Yeah, it really doesn't. Um, so let's kind of summarize some key points here and lay out why it matters, not just for back to school, but also heading into Q4. So one is consumers are shopping earlier. They're buying during big sale events. We see this with Prime Day, back to school, <laughs> Black Friday. I was going to say Black Friday in October, but I think <laughs> Best Buy is doing Black Friday in July. Um, so definitely moving it up. Their traditional retail calendar can just be tossed aside because consumers have really created their own calendar, their own time frame. So retailers that kind of move along side the consumer will win and those that kind of stick to the traditional promotion sales marketing will probably be less left in the dust. Um, the second really big notable trend of shopping uh, visits to physical stores is picking up. So keeping up that omni-channel approach is key, but more importantly, and this is the main point, consumers have less tolerance for when things don't go smooth, whether it's curbside pickup, or buy in line, pick up in store, out of stocks, for example. So technology advancements are great, but retailers really need to make sure their ducks are in order for back to school and for the holiday season. Like golf, Robin, a little room for error. And if we want to shoot under par and be a winner in the eyes of the consumer, they have to make sure they get it right. And you know, for retail, it's not, it isn't about how you play the game. It's about winning. Winning over that consumer loyalty, that's the key piece. The third thing I just want to mention here is the uh, social interaction, which remains a key driver for in-store shopping. 
back to school, spending time with your kids, holiday shopping, socialization. It's just more fun with others. And I believe we Americans really crave that social aspect of shopping that many people feel they've been deprived of for the past three years. So I think it's a good, great time for physical retail. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Shelley. And um, that's that's a nice note, <laughs> a positive one, at least. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, I'll add one more point here, Shelley. And I mentioned it before about the long tail theory. And there are probably a lot of people in our audience who are were too young uh, for, for that theory to have been read or understood. And I wrote about uh, the long tail theory in 2016, which, yeah, which may be reverting back to the big head theory, okay? Or the dog chasing the tail. <laughs> you know, yeah. We spent the last few decades watching small niche brands taking on the mega brands. I mean, it's like the big battleship and all these little uh, motorboats circling around it um, and taking chunks out of it. But we are seeing a power shift now. And, and the mega brands have watched and, by the way, learned a lot of the things that these specialty retailers um we're innovating with in their stores and experience and so forth and so on. But here's my point. The <clears throat> mega brands are regaining share and dominating the markets. Uh, and we did touch upon this in the fashion brands in our about the fashion brands in our podcast, uh, which was titled $10 billion a month goes poof for retailers as student loans are being forced back to young consumers having to pay up. But the mega brands like Walmart, Amazon, Target, Best Buy, and so forth, not only own the back-to-school season and holiday, <clears throat> but the long tail is in its new era of the giants like Walmart, Target, Macy's, and others rolling out small localized neighborhood stores. And that is going to accelerate. So the long tail theory is um, is correct, but the long tail is now a part of the big dog. <laughs> anyway, so here's what has changed since 2016. One, the mega brands, Walmart, Target, and Best Buy have upped their technology capabilities in a major way. Two, they have improved drastically their distribution model, learning from the other mega brand, Amazon. Uh, three, in the past five years, Target and Walmart have upped their fashion game, taking share away from specialty stores. And four, they vastly improved and expanded their strategic partnerships. And this goes for all four mega brands, Walmart, Target, Best Buy and Amazon. So the long tail theory will continue because of the giants and they will own it. Wow. Brian, what do you have to say to all that? <laughs> well, that's very intimidating. No, um, the uh, I agree with a lot of what Robin's saying. Um, the, 
the thing that I would point out about looking at what's changed since that time frame, and I'll actually go back even one more year to 2015, what hasn't changed. What hasn't changed is the general pattern of in-store traffic uh, every year. Um, the, the, the general mixes, with the exception of the pandemic, have been remarkably consistent. And why am I bringing that up? We're bringing that up because we're dealing with Amazon Prime Day and mm. dealing with some of the, uh, uh, the, uh, the retailers' counteroffenses to, to what they see for, for Amazon Prime Day. Um, well, at, at Sensormatic, we study a lot of different data points that we have across all of our, our platforms. But the, uh, with the traffic, one thing that's been really consistent is that there's been no impact to brick-and-mortar retail. So we've looked at wow. it from mix. We've looked at it from year-over-year -year trends. It goes along smoothly. And I think that there's a really good reason for that, which is because Amazon has counter-programmed. They have picked particular days in particular weeks to run their Prime Day sales that are usually very soft on the brick-and-mortar retail uh, calendar uh, so that they can focus on what they want to focus on as a brand. So we just got past July 4th. That was a, a, you know, a fairly steady weekend for many retailers. And we had before that dads and grads. But now that we're past it, we're in that fallow period between uh, July 4th and the real start to uh, back to school, which is about another week away before we start to see some of that. And it doesn't mm. until late July, early August. So this is a perfect time to do that because people aren't shopping as much in brick and mortar on these days. So the effect to the counts of people, the mix of people that are in those stores is nothing. It's, it's like the, the perfect storm for a brick and mortar retailer. That's so interesting. Yeah, I remember uh, back when I was in stores and running stores, July was the inventory month because it exactly. was so slow, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's a really interesting insights. Thank you, Brian, for that. And I think it's a great way to wrap up our conversation. Uh, for our listeners, you can find more of our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and therobinreport.com. And please follow us on social media and link in with us for the latest thoughts about the industry. And I want to thank everybody again for joining us. Um, and as I say every week, if any of you have a topic that you would like Shelly and I to cover, um, just send me an email at robin at therobinreport.com. And thanks again.